Hey guys, welcome to Bag the Forecast, episode number 316. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. Ever a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out September 21st, 2016. And we follow that up with our weekly road dating main topic. And this week, we're kind of continuing our look back at our 80s nostalgia love with a discussion of Netflix's newest uh, sensation, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I say continuing, because last week, uh, when we talked about Paper Girls, very much sparked this discussion. Yeah, we were kept. We made a promise to each other not to discuss Stranger Things during our discussion of Paper Girls. And in that promise, we promised each other that we would talk about Stranger <laughs> Things this episode. And we, we did really good. Yeah. Like, I, I mentioned it once, but... Mm-hmm. And hey guys, what do we do every week? Uh, we we usually have a beer or two. That's right. And uh, Chris, you're drinking something that I'm a little jealous that I haven't found up here. Oh, I'm sorry. Hopefully uh, you can track this down because what I'm drinking is part of a collaboration series from Heavy Seas, and this is their partnership. Um, what I have today is the first part of this with the main beer company, and this is their Red IPA. And I have to say, I like. I I think it was like seven ninety nine for this bottle. This was definitely a great buy. It's got that nice rye bite on it that I like, it's, but it's still really drinkable. Um, I really like this. Brewed with uh, orange blossom and grapefruit. Now, is this a bomber bottle? This is a bomber bottle. Um, um, it says best by August 1st, 2016, though, so do not sit on this because I actually bought this like last week after August had already come and gone. Oh, well, it still feels like August down there. Right? It, it's, yeah, it always feels like August. <laughs> um, but no, I I really like this. Um, I picked it up because Heavy Seas is one of those breweries that I I know I've had a bunch of stuff from them. I just never really remember it because there was nothing really bad about it. I see, like, it wasn't all that standout. Mm-hmm. We like their yeah, black know, IPA. Their cannonball. We like every black IPA. Yeah, that's uh, true. But I don't know. Like, I'm halfway through my first glass on this, and I literally just poured it before we started. Uh I'm looking forward to trying the other one I have from them today. This might get me back to, you know, check out more of their stuff. Would this make you want to try out Main Beer Company again? Because you've had quite a bit from them and you're just not... We've had stuff from them, but also I think, like, even when we had it, even you were like, "Eh, this isn't as good as it it has been. Yeah. Yeah, we we get stuck with stale beer. You know, Tom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lunchbox. uh, Pepper? I think it's just called Lunch. Oh, Lunch. Pepe. 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 I think there's dinner. I I weird I weirdly read things. Um, I had Especially lunch not too long ago on draft at Pizza Plant, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, "This is when people talk about." I know I've had it, mm-hmm. but I had it in that bottle, so maybe it wasn't as good. And it was years ago, so let's have it again. Didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's at the Zoe. I had one that I oh, thought yeah. was phenomenal. I think it was the Zoe, but I'm not 100. percent or was it uh, so easy? This, oh. Sorry. Uh, this might not drive me to Main Beer Company, but, you know, like I said, it might might make me check out the rest of Heavy Seas line again. Well, this is the second time in the matter of, I think, a couple months that you've had Heavy Seas. I had something else. I don't remember what. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just check our show notes over at beggingboard.com. And, John, you brought this beer to us, and this is a dogfish head. This is a dogfish head. Uh, and I we're drinking out of dogfish head glasses. We are. Um, this is Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. This is an ale brewed with honey and 
Gesho. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but Chris isn't here to correct me, so neener, neener. Uh, this is an imperial stout um, brewed with honey and this uh, gisho root. Um, and this is coming in just under a year old. Uh, it's one of those beers that they say ages well. I saw it in the store. It was pre-aged, pre-aged for me. Um, it's twelve ninety nine, I believe, for the bottle. I remember... Back in 2012, when mm-hmm. I had this uh, and rated it on Untapped, uh, I gave it a pretty good rating. This I probably this I didn't give as good of a rating. Right. Um, thick, mm-hmm. syrupy kind of mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. The flavors are there. It's a nice imperial stout flavor-wise, but texture, I'm not oh. I'm not loving it. Ooh. See, you were talking, and I'm like, wait, what? you know, because I get a dark, deep raisin flavor on it, but I don't get that same syrupy mouthfeel. I feel it's a little watery, and then on the back end, it there's that lingering imperial, like, stout smokiness, Smoky. and it's that, like uh, producer Scott would say, that uh, fake smoke kind of smokiness, like somebody dropped that eye, that uh I think Eyedropper of the syrupiness, because I get the watery on the back end. Mm-hmm. I do get that. The syrupy is like right when you take that initial sip, and I think See, that's, that's where fine. you're getting the raisin. Mm-hmm. It's that initial big wash into your mouth is that syrupy mm-hmm. and then goes. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's it. I'm getting all just this dark, dark fruits, which if you're a fan of dark fruits, if you're a big fan of like uh, red, red wines, you know, you might really enjoy this. But it is... Pricey for what it is, twelve ninety nine, and we sat on it for a year, and you know the the store probably sat on it for six months before you picked it up because this does not move. I don't think this moves in the store. This this has been moving a, a pretty well. Oh really? Actually, yeah. Um, we probably did have a good amount from two thousand fifteen, November two thousand fifteen. Uh-huh. Um, it probably went up on our shelves a little bit after that. Um, and they probably were cleaning out their, because mm-hmm. this beer is not being made again this year, what they had in stock, moving it out. Um, but, yeah, this is pro- this. the reason I picked this up is because a week ago I had probably ten bottles on the shelf. This week I had four. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so it moved pretty well. But I just remember always seeing it, like, at Premier or at a yeah. you know, grocery store. You know, I'm like... It's still there. It's still there. And it's supposed to be a limited release. Where's my Shanti? Where's your Shanti? Never coming back. Never coming back. It'll come back. So I checked the website, and the last time we actually had anything noted in one of our episodes for Heavy Seas was actually episode number 252, where you guys actually had the Siren Noir. Oh, so it was us that had it, not you. Yeah, and... Not to say that I didn't have one recently, because there was like a three-month period where I slacked on doing show notes, but... And, um, and that was actually our uh, March Madness for 2015. Mm. That's a good episode. You should go listen to that one. Maybe I will, but don't tell me what to do. Too late. I already did. Okay. But hey, guys, I don't have any news this week. Do you? Uh. Well, hey... I, I did, but Paul, you can go first. Oh, uh, guys, uh, did you see on us uh, today, in fact, 
that the nominees have been announced for the Strong's Museums, National Museum of Play, uh, National Toy Hall of Fame. This is uh, every year. Strong Museum out of Rochester, New York? Yep, right uh, right down the street from us here in Buffalo. Uh, By right down the street, I mean like an hour away. And every year they nominate 12 toys, quote unquote, because uh, things like stick and cardboard boxes made it into the National Museum's uh, Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, And only two make it in each year. And it's a strong list this year, guys. Uh, Strong list. Strong museum. I'm glad you caught what I was doing there and called it out. So thank you. Bubble Wrap is on the list. Care Bears. Coloring Books. The the uh, the old board game of Clue, the 1970s role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons, which I think deserves to be in the uh, Hall of Fame, Fisher Price's Little People, you know, the little finger pu- puppet kind of people in plastic, uh, Nerf, I think they're mentioning it for the foam balls, you know, that started in the 1960s, but I'm hoping they also mean the Nerf Blasters, because that's what I love. Because when it comes to Paul, it's Nerf or nothing. Or it could just mean anything under the Nerf banner. Mm-hmm. It could be. But I think they they call out specifically the Nerf foam balls, uh, safe enough to throw indoors. Uh, pinball, uh, you know, the uh, majestic machines of luck, and chance, and skill. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. The Swing, which uh, were found in ancient cave drawings, which I was not aware of. Like a like a swing swing like, like a, a swing set yeah a swing yeah and Transformers Hasbro's uh, awesome robots in disguise and also Uno the 1971 card game guys if you could only have two to make it into the National Strong Museum Toy Hall of Fame which two would you pick uh, um, out of those I think I would do pinball and D and D. I think those would do, those mm. definitely deserve to be in there. Chris, um, this is tough. I think bubble wrap is <laughs> an excellent choice. I mean, yeah, cardboard box is already in the museum, so it makes sense to just include it. Uh, I might not play with cardboard boxes still, but if I see bubble wrap, I'm still going to be be popping it. It makes a fun know, popping like noise. A lot of really good stuff on here. I mean, I loved Clue growing up. I still like coloring books, Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. Um, I still like a good pinball game here and there too. Uh, let me. This might tip you and make you really want to vote for Bubble Wrap because imagine this: in 1957, two engineers were trying to develop a new type of wallpaper, and they developed Bubble Wrap. It was going to be a home decor. <laughs> imagine that, Chris. Your home. That would be awesome. And think of how great that would be for the wallpapering market because they could just keep reselling it because people would just be popping it. In um, the BBC show Red Dwarf, the characters that were stuck on the spaceship were able to go back in time, and uh, he showed his younger self a piece of red bubble wrap. It was painted red and then had tension sheet written on it. And he said, go make a patent of this because you'll make a fortune in the future. And, like, they show him, like, uh-huh. 20 years later, and he's got a big mansion and stuff. But oh. Little thing. Kind of like Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> a little like that. So, I'm sorry, Chris. Which? So, does that make you want to cast your vote for Bubble Wrap? 
Uh, I think I'm just going to go coloring books instead. Ooh, coloring books, and what was the other one? Because you get two. I get two? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of swayed because if you go to the Strong Museum website for yeah. pinball, they have a picture of the Ghostbusters pinball machine. So, I don't know. I'd probably go uh, coloring books and Dungeons and Dragons. I love me some role-playing games, and I don't think we would have any of the role-playing games we have now if it wasn't for the old pen and paper style. So, yeah. yeah. I think the influence of Dungeons & Dragons makes it definitely a first ballot inductee into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, man, I love I love pinball so much. I'm horrible at it. Uh, I, I think one of my cousins is in actually in a pinball league down in OKC, and I'm so jealous that there's that big of a, you know, like... Uh, uh, a uh, community around pinball that he's able to be in a you know pinball league so he posts pictures every once in a while I'm just jealous uh, but man I-, I grew up with Nerf so Nerf would go Nerf Blasters especially I would go with first because probably they're more ubiquitous I have a closet full of them if I owned a pinball machine you said like three things there what did you pick <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons and Nerf okay but I was strongly leaning towards pinball as well. All right. It's a good thing we didn't have much news, right? It's like because I led us into a jungle. We led us into a jungle. It's crazy. I put us Which... between a rock <laughs> and a hard place. With well, all this. You, uh... well, I just want to see if you have the heart to keep forcing this. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think I have the balls or the Johnson to do it. I mean, it's all pretty much black or white at that point. Uh-huh. Karen Gillian! <laughs> I, think, I think we can jump right to it, hey, Jack? We're making a lot of, a lot of puns because they put out the very first set photo for the new Jumanji movie, which is a sequel to 1995's Jumanji. Uh, this is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and Jack Black, and they look like adventurers. Hmm. That's it. Not a lot else about this so far, but I don't know. I, I love me some original Jumanji. I will probably at least enjoy the new one. I mean, it's got a great cast in it, so yeah. I will I will give this one a shot. Karen Gillan's got, like, abs. She's, like, worked out. She, worked she, looks, out. Like, she always, looks like she can beat you up. She's always kind of skinny, so it looks like she did, just did a couple sit-ups and now she's <laughs> yeah. got abs. Now she can totally take the head off of a uh, Cyberman. <laughs> yeah, but she might have been. Uh, they might have been in shape too for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's probably two. true. Well, it's hard yeah. to tell under all the blue paint. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, but she's she's gonna be in two as well, which they're filming. So oh, I kind of enjoy that. What's his name is going to be a giant head planet. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. <laughs> I like that he has his own wine company. <laughs> I like that Kurt Russell's still around. Yeah, and he's still married, right? To uh, they never got married. Oh, but they're still together. They're still together. That's nice. Oh, do, you, do you know if they're shopping for a new house at all? I don't know why. Uh, well, a house just one... came on the market over in England that probably has a lot of people's attention because hmm. this is a house that they used for the Harry Potter movies. Uh, this was the iconic Privet Drive homestead. Hmm. Um, it's up for sale for almost half a million pounds. Equivalent uh, of six hundred fifty-one thousand dollars. Is it listed as three and a half bedrooms? Uh, it is a three-bedroom house. 
Yeah, but there's the... Nope, three bedrooms, Paul. Three bedrooms? No. They, they don't count any cupboards under the stairs. As, as a half bath, as a half bedroom. Like, I think... Come on. Lean into what you're selling. Like, you, you mentioned I, I, it, right? Three and a half they, bedroom. They don't need to mention anything else about this house. <laughs> they just put a sign for for sale. Yep, it's that house. Yeah, you've seen this. <laughs> the si- the advertisements for it is, hey guys, we're selling that house. I I think what they just need to do is whoever buys it pretty much needs to operate this as a Harry Potter bed and breakfast. Because wow. you know people are already going to be like swinging by it to take pictures and stuff. You might as well capitalize on it. Well, it's like the the house that. Space was shot in. They have people every every day come by and take pictures in front of it. The uh, Christmas Story, a Christmas Story house, is now a museum for the movie The Christmas Story. Uh, the house in Washington where they filmed the Goonies, like they've put up like tarps around the house so you can't see it anymore because so many people were stopping by there, like trying to take pictures of it. And the people that own it were just like, "Leave us alone. We don't like the Goonies." See, at that point, why We're wouldn't they just... booty traps. <laughs> yeah. <Here's your> <laughs> at that point, like, why don't you sell it to Richard Donner or somebody involved with that movie and just let them... Yeah, because Richard Donner's looking to buy it. Richard, what else is the guy doing? <laughs> I don't know, just not buying property? That yeah, but he let it involved? be part of the studio, like, portfolio and let them just keep it up but as he's just... He's not in charge of the studio. Yeah, but the movie franchise and let it be, like, put a placard out front and just pay somebody to mow the lawn every once in a while. Because that's just money. They don't need to do that. They can let some schmo actually try to live there. Try to live there. And that's uh, why you don't rent your house to a movie studio. I know the Superman house went through foreclosure. The house that uh, Jerry Schuster Sh- house, Sh- house. house. Yeah. Sh- house. I don't remember who it was. And, uh, and I think... Uh, Warner Brothers came together and like bought it out from them, and like set them up in a new place. Just and then basically they just put a plaque. This is the house that Superman was born in. You know. Yeah. So I'm just saying they could do. That's something. a little more history than the Goonies house. No. <laughs> no. No equal equal amount of pop pop culture history there. I think. I mean, Superman. <laughs> it's the Goonies house, though. Yeah, they need I mean, what they need to do. Or a Superman shirt. I mean, so it has that connection. <laughs> what the guys that own this is outside mowing the yard in front of the house. They should find the octopus and just have the tourists attack, be attacked by the octopus because that's See, the scariest yeah, part. If I own that, if I own the Goonies house, which I don't, we're not talking about the Goonies house, but if I owned it, I would, I would totally lean into it being the Goonie house. Mm-hmm. You would have the contraption out there. Oh yeah. You would say to come in, you need yeah, to do the, gotta do the shuffle shuffle. Yeah. And I would mow the yard dressed up like sloth, like the <laughs> <laughs> headband and an egghead, like. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you need to. Like, Capitalize on that, like. Mm-hmm. Didn't they know what they were buying when they bought it? Probably not. Like people, you know why? Because the problem. I, I feel like that's something that comes up when you're getting like the walkthrough of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and you know, over was, here we have a bathroom, and if you walk through here, the, the dining room, and this house was also in the Goonies. Uh huh. And never go upstairs because that's where they keep all the. Because uh, Mikey, when he's giving the tour of the house to uh, Rosetta, right, Rosalie. Yeah, 
uh, the housekeeper. Yeah. She was only hired the day to help help clean pack. up the house right pack. before pack and clean up the house because when the house gets demolished, she doesn't want it to look like a mess, <laughs> which was a mom thing to do. This is where Brad got tied to the couch <laughs> and they let the air out of his bike. Mm-hmm. So I am now looking up. They have a Goonies tour of Astoria that you can mm. go on. The Goondocks. It so it basically like takes you around to like all the different stuff that they use. That's nice. You can see, oh, you can see the rock that's sticking out of the water from where um, you can see the pirate ship sailing behind it. When I Willie's ship. Mm. Fun. Yeah. I want to watch the Goonies again. I don't think I've watched it in like a couple of years. You got to be gooning and get up every once in a while. Because you know why? That movie is good enough. It's good enough. Good enough. For you. It's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Any other news, guys? Uh, um, oh, uh, something we actually forgot to talk about last week. Gene Wilder. Oh, yeah. Like, we were so busy talking about how there wasn't any news, we forgot like the first news we were going to talk about. Well, that and, you know, how can you not end with just hating Alan Moore these days? Yeah, I know. He's the worst. Uh, Gene Wilder, one of my favorite comedic actors. Hmm. Um... Like one of my rainy day movies is uh, Haunted Honeymoon with him and uh, never seen it. Don DeLuise. <laughs> it's such a it's such a fun movie. Um, yeah, the producers. Silver Streak. Silver Streak. Oh, Blazing Saddles. When he comes out of the when he comes out of the bathroom in blackface with the radio, <laughs> just going like, doo, 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 doo. I love that for some reason. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, you bad. We, we bad. That movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I need to rewatch it. That's another one I haven't watched in a long, long time. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes's uh, younger, smarter brother. <laughs> um, yeah, just great. Young Frankenstein is a must for me every Halloween. Yeah, I can see that. Because I, I just really like that whole performance. And come on, Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. He was so good in Willy Wonka. And probably the scariest, next to uh, uh, Mar- Large Marge, one of the scariest scenes in any kid's movie ever is that boat scene. <laughs> Kate, my, uh, my wife, my wife, uh, Kate, does not allow me to sing the boat song. <laughs> and it's a great song. Anytime I'm driving and it starts like pouring rain, like sheets of rain, <laughs> I start singing that song and it creeps her the hell out. <laughs> it's creepy. All of a sudden, like chickens start getting like the head in next yeah. to your car, <laughs> and millipedes start coming out of things and out of the ground, and it's, it's great. Don't know which way we're going. That's all you need to say to her, and she freaks the hell out. Um, and she loves horror movies too. So he he wrote. Um, Young Frankenstein, almost all of it. Oh, and um, I thought that was a it's Mel Brooks film. Mel Brooks film. Mel, yeah. Mel Brooks worked on it with him, but had him basically write the script. He said he had an idea. He said, "Okay, work on it." And so the um, the dance sequence mm-hmm. towards the end, yeah. uh, wait, the uh, putting on the Ritz. You put on the Ritz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another write, song Kate finds really creepy. He writes that. Maybe Kate, Kate just doesn't like Gene Wilder. Maybe she thinks Gene Wilder's creeper. Mel Brooks comes, reads it, goes, I don't like this, we should cut it. And Gene Wilder's like, no, this is this is great. This is <laughs> gold right here. 
and fights with him. And then all of a sudden, Mel Brooks goes, I just wanted to see if you're passionate about it. Okay, let's do it. Like, <laughs> he just was testing him. Because he's like, you got to stand by it. you got to stick to your guns when you think something's good. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that Gene Wilder was then going to go off and do, direct his own movies, write his own mm-hmm. movies, which he then did right after that. <sighs> and Mel Brooks says, anytime you see him in a movie, Gene Wilder is supposed to be there. Like all the times he's played the character. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. So every time I see Mel Brooks in a movie, in one of his own movies, that should be Gene Wilder. That should be Gene Wilder. So you're saying that the president of Spaceballs was supposed to be Gene Wilder? Was supposed to be Gene Wilder. And because you're you w- saying the rabbi in Men in Tights should, should have been, been Gene, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Mel Brooks never never wanted to be in front of the screen. He just didn't have a good comedic actor to to do it for those like those roles that he was like, all right, I'll do it. You mean in the King in the History of the World? Yeah. Can part you imagine one. all those roles done by Gene Wilder? You're saying They're that should so have been better. Gene Wilder. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. But I'm like, no, those are Mel Brooks being Mel Brooks. You're saying yeah, that yogurt? He, he wrote those then to be. Yogurt was going to be Brooks being no. those because yeah. he didn't have he called That's Mel Brooks being Mel Brooks. Yeah, but he never intended those roles to be that. He took on those roles because and then he did rewrites to make it more Mel Brooks. Yeah. Okay. He jewed it up. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but yes, Chris. <laughs> I that's what he did. Hey, no, no, hey, I love me some juice. <laughs> I just had matzo ball soup last week. Oh, I love matzo ball soup. I do, too. I like to eat it with sauerkraut. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love my matzo ball with sauerkraut. Sadness. I just saw, uh, signed into Netflix just to see, and they don't have any Gene Wilder movies up on streaming right now. No. Hopefully for our October, Young Frankenstein will come back up. Yeah. I don't it kind of sucks because like a lot of those like TV stations and those Netflix and those things, when somebody who does pass away who's not like a legend you know like they're just kind of in the pop culture thing all their movies go up and you gotta mm-hmm. watch them all you gotta weed through them all to get to something you do want to watch but when well, I mean, the, like the last time we had something like similar to this was with Prince uh, sorry what Prince no not, oh. not Prince but Robin Williams oh like, okay, movie I, was. like that day like when I got home from work like I I watched Hook and Jumanji was on um Netflix, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Here's Good morning, Vietnam. It's my Robin Williams movie. That's your Robin Williams yeah, movie? I like, I like Good Morning, Vietnam. The whole thing? You watched the whole thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm a weird dude. It's so weird. I, <laughs> like, if, if you're going to pick like a weird Robin Williams movie, it'd be the one where he was the fireman who then runs a, a hotel on an island... I don't even know what movie that is. Oh. Six Hour Photo? No. <laughs> no. That oh, movie's awesome. I can't awful. think of the name of it right now. Uh, but Toys? It's, it's got, like, Rick Moranis, and it has Eugene Levy in it, and all the, they keep trying to score weed on this island that it's in Jamaica. I think it's in Jamaica. Shutter Island? Yeah, it's Shutter Island. <laughs> Shutter, Shutter Island, Island, right? I think that's what it's called. Pineapple Express Island? What, what was it? Pineapple Express Pineapple Island. Express not Pineapple. exactly what I thought you said. Pineapple Express Island. 
Pineapple Express Island. Yeah. Or Pineapple Island. Wait till I find this and I go, hey guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Robin Williams' IMDb right now and I don't know what it was. Yeah. Oh, Cadillac Man's a good one. Bicentennial so. Man, that's it. That's, that's the movie. That's all that in theaters. Hey guys, it's horrible. called Club Paradise. Oh. Good. Mm. It's got 4.9 out of 10 stars. Uh huh. So, Peter Paul. O'Toole, Rick Moranis. Are we, are we, are we pausing Eugene here? Because Levy? I think we've run into the ground. I really do. What are you talking about? We have nothing else to talk about. Coming out this week. Oh, we're talking about whatever comic books we're looking forward to coming out this week? Chris, what would that be for you? Uh, for me, that's actually going to be Batman number seven. Ooh. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, this is our first actual crossover for the Rebirth era, and I'm not 100% sold on it. Um, it might be that this isn't under the loving hand of Scott Snyder, but this seems more like in like a 90s style Batman crossover. Wait a second. I thought that we were getting away from the 90s styles of DC books with Rebirth. I thought that was the whole point. That's that's what it says, but uh, there's a terrible storm happening in Gotham, and as this happens, there's like monsters attacking Gotham City too, and it's up to Batman and everyone to stop them. And this runs through all the Batman books this month, mm-hmm. so we're getting part one here with Batman number seven, and then part number two over in Nightwing number six or seven. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I saw the about. cover was Nightwing like the Nightwing shirt being held up by a spider-looking dude. Oh. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know about this because... Could this be the it, thing... It just doesn't sound great. No. Could be this. Could this be the, one of the things that drops you off this Batman book? For the month, at least, right? It, it, I mean, I haven't been buying this Batman book because this was the one that was being handled by... Um, not Scott oh, Snyder? Um, like David Finch. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I, I wasn't like on board with it to begin with, but I, I am a Batman fan. I'm still reading Nightwing, I'm reading Detective Comics, I'm reading Batgirl and The Birds of Prey. I don't want to have to like not read my books because of mm-hmm. a crossover that doesn't look like it's going to be... So you're buying reading. this book because you're buying the other Batman books, the other I, Bat I'm family on the fence books. About it. That's why it's mm-hmm. my my pick for this week because I I'm so on the fence about it and I don't think I'm going to wind up getting it. <clears throat> All right. I mean, there's there's actual books that you know I'm I'm looking forward to coming out. But How, I, this one I don't know. Does Frankenstein show up and team up with Batman in this? No, because... they're just like weird looking. Like, oh, crap! Monsters like there's nothing. They're not even the good monsters like. We enjoyed Agents of Shade for a while with Frankenstein in it. Yeah, it had a good, it had a promising start. Mm-hmm. The art was just awful, awful. in it, and but it fooled you because it had the the uh, great covers from uh, Yannick Paquette, right? Was it? No, Yann- no. it was um, the uh, guy that JG Jones. Oh yeah, that's who did those covers. Yannick Paquette's actually doing the covers for all this uh, Monster Men. Oh, that, maybe that's what I'm thinking. But man, no, so I, I don't know about this, but I'll I'll definitely be picking up uh, Wicked and Divine eighteen thirty one. It's a one shot uh, that's kind of going back into the history of some of the gods of the pantheon. Oh, uh, by 
which are called um, Kieran Gillian and art by Stephanie Hans. Um, my book for this this pick it was going to be Black Hammer number three, which is a Jeff Lemire book. Uh, but then, as I was scrolling through the image solicitations, I saw the cover for Seven to Eternity and said, nope, this is my book. This cover looks badass. Se- seven to Eternity? Like, 72, the number? No, it's seven. Okay, the number? The number, then T-O, Eternity. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to read you the little solicitation here. And uh, the God of Whispers has spread an omnipresent paranoia to every corner of the kingdom of Zal. His spies hide in every hall, spreading mistrust and fear. Adam, Ozysius, a dying knight from a disgraced house, must choose between joining a helpless band of magic users in their desperate bid to free their world of this evil god, or accept his promise to give Adam everything his heart's desire. Written by Rick Remender, with Jerome Opia and Matt Hollingsworth. Hmm. Uh, it looks cool. It looks sci-fi, fantasy, craziness. Um, it hit me with everything. Like just like, okay, yep, I'm gonna like this book. My book hit me with uh, two two it words. Hit, did it hit you with its best shot? Yeah. <laughs> and those two words were Pat Benatar. <laughs> Hey no. guys, Pat Benatar. <laughs> it was it was also a name. It was Francis Manipal. Woo! Writing and doing art, cover art, and also interior art. And it's uh, Trinity, Better Together, Part One. So it's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman together. It doesn't matter what the story is. It, all that matters is it's being written and drawn by Francis Manipal, which we haven't seen since the Flash days, right? Like, that's the last time he wrote and drew a book. Yeah, I think was he was just of... doing art on Detective Comics, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, I don't think he was doing the writing. So, And those first couple issues of The Flash, I actually enjoyed. It was this, them trying to... That that first you know story arc, they were trying to introduce like a new rogues gallery. And I'm like, no. Yeah, Give it, me the rogues. For... And I was still kind of bitter because it wasn't my Flash. It wasn't Wally. Yeah, our, our Flash. Because everybody here on the podcast... We're all yeah. Wally fans, um, but man, the Flash television show so good. Yeah, like that's I'm like he's kind of Wally. Yeah, but he's he's very Wally. Yeah, he's very Wally. He just happens to work in a police precinct mm-hmm. and be called Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my pick, uh, Trinity. I saw oh, this uh, because. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, this is one that I actually look forward and I kind of hope you submit it. Oh, this will uh, be their look back, yeah. This will be the look back book. Yeah, make sure you put it on the look back list. Oh, yes. Because I, 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 I put two books on the look back list. Ooh, look oh, I need, I need to update the list because I actually I bought my comics last week, but I haven't read them yet. So. I put Doom Patrol on there as well as uh, I figured it would be. a self-published um, super indie book that um, I picked up, and it's just gorgeous looking like this is going to be somebody to keep your eye out for for art mm. brigade uh, number one brigade uh yeah and you'll probably see uh trinity and mm-hmm. depending and on how good it is uh seven to eternity 
but never this Batman book. Because Chris probably is Unless I pick it up and it's terrible, I'm like, oh, we should just... We should read it to be angry. Or who knows? Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Maybe. And talking I mean, about... I'm so sad that, like, Nightwing's finally back and I'm enjoying it, but now Nightwing number five is the one that's part of the crossover, and it's like, man... And talking about a book that we all read and some of us liked and others, most of us hated, it's time for a dramatic reading from ROM number one, page 33, panel two. Duh, they did much worse to those I loved, to me, and to my planet itself. And that was a dramatic reading from ROM. Number one, page 33, panel two. I hate ROM. <laughs> yeah, ROM is dumb. He is a space knight, guys! Space knight, a stupid, yeah, I, horrible I, I asshole. Space knight is like the worst thing ever. I don't know. How do you make being an avatar who's the last of the airbenders the most horrible thing ever? That's M. Night Shyamalan. We don't call him Ang. Uh, and that will bring us to our main topic. <laughs> no, it'll bring us to our next beer. Paul and I are drinking, and Chris, this is your moment to go get your next beer if you haven't already. Yeah, I, I need to finish the one I'm, I'm drinking and mm. rinse my glass, so continue. We are drinking from Brooklyn Brewery. This is Hand and Seal. This is a barley wine style ale aged in bourbon barrels. This is 13.3%. And this is from 2014. I picked this up at the brewery when I um, went for work and had a actually really nice time at the brewery. Um, I got that this for free from the brewery. They were very nice. And uh, I picked this up. This is something that's been aged at the brewery. Hmm. Um, they actually, all of their quarterly experiments, which this falls into, um, they keep on the side and then re-release it when those quarters come out again. Um, so this is from 2014's third quarter. Uh, right now, we, um, I believe they didn't release a third quarter this year. But they re-released um, their f- third quarter, which is a coffee porter aged in bourbon barrels. And they also put out their Quadracera Tops, which is a Belgian triple okay. brewed with Belgian candy syrup aged in rum barrels, then aged in bourbon barrels. So I got this bottle for free. I probably wouldn't pick up one of these bottles if it wasn't for free. We've had Black Ops. We weren't mm-hmm. a fan. Um, I cracked, oh, like The last beer I had from them was the Brooklyn Defender, and I, I kind of dug it. Brooklyn Defender's not bad. I, I love Sorachi, Sorachi Ace. Sorachi Ace is by far probably it. one of my favorite beers right now. Had it at your wedding. I had it. I was very excited to have it at my wedding, and yes, then I didn't drink any of it at my wedding. Didn't we have what did we? St- oh, we had flat tire to start because no, Lake Erie Monster. Monster. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was good. And that's I think uh, having probably ten of those is what put Chris over the edge. Yep. <laughs> uh, go down so smooth. Brooklyn Defender Monster. though, that's the one that they release for New York Comic Con every year. Yes, 
Do they get a different artist to do the it's drawing? It's a year-round. It's a year-round beer now. Uh, oh, okay. And they haven't switched the label. The label over. It's the same guy from last year. Okay. Because it looks kind of like a bearded Hellboy. Gary, Gary Randolph, who did an awesome uh, Nightwing sketch for me hmm. a couple years ago. Um. So, anyways, I figured, you know what? Let's crack. Let's crack this barley wine out. Mm-hmm. I've had it in my cellar for six months, something like that. A quarter and a half. Quarter and a half. Um, Just because you were talking quarters so often, I thought that well, I was yeah. on a earnings call. <laughs> it's part of their quarters <laughs> experiment. It's like a conference call. <laughs> the second quarter that they put out was the. Um, You're killing me with all these quarter talks, man. I'm having I'm having job flashbacks. 2016's quarter was. Um, the uh, old fashioned, where they brewed a beer to taste like an old fashioned, oh, and really it enjoyed was old fashion. really really good. And I was waiting to Citrus and whiskey pick up the bottle to have with you because I mm-hmm. thought, oh, we'll do a we'll do a night where we, you actually make the cocktail and we'll drink it side by side oh, nice. with the beer. I never picked it up. I anytime I did pick it up, I ended up drinking it because it was really good. It was one of those ones like uh, as long as I don't mention it to Paul that this is what I'm planning, I can just drink it. Yep. Uh, so, so I did. Um, it's not cheating if he never finds exactly. out. Exactly. So with this, I figured I'd crack Be this. Be careful, Kaylin. <laughs> <laughs> what she doesn't know keeps me uh, happy. Uh, <laughs> so. I wanted to crack this open because I wanted to see if picking up those other bottles and they're twenty two ninety nine are mm-hmm. worth it because they sound really good. Remember the Black Ops burnt us uh, exactly, and that's why that's why I stayed away from the bomber series of Brooklyn ever since the Black Ops because it was a bar- bar- uh, bourbon barrel aged stout that tasted like water, and I, and since then I've been afraid so. Sriracha, I, it took Sriracha Ace. You bring Sriracha Ace to me being like, okay, maybe I should give Brooklyn another shot, but definitely not the Bomber series. Now here, with hand sealed. Hand and seal. Hand and seal. I'm interested again. <laughs> this tastes this tastes a little like licking an envelope, which I enjoy. Which you like. I do enjoy it. <laughs> I'm looking for a new job, and I'm like... I wouldn't mind working in the mailroom. I like licking the envelopes. <laughs> uh, the fact that this is two years old, mm-hmm. aged at the brewery, aged my aged by my me as well, who you know try to mm-hmm. keep these as best I can. You could tell two years ago, this probably was a phenomenal beer. I think it's good. It's good, it's now. good now. It's got a sweetness. It's got a cherry. It's, yeah. it's got a sweetness. I say licking an envelope, and what I mean by that is it's a uh, light cherry, uh, a little bit of an almond kind of flavor, a sweet almond kind of flavor. And then it's still that alcohol. See, I, I don't get, get too much. I get so I, much sweetness off I of I get this. a little – I get that alcohol warmth at, on the mid-palate on the aftertaste. It's It's – I'm like still feel it. Yeah, I, I get. I, okay, yeah. It does. It, it. This is definitely a. It. It's just that drying sensation. It's, it's that to me uh-huh. like not that it's not that like oh it's alcohol. It just to me it's always like sipper. It's not dragon. It's dry. a sipper. Yeah, uh, and it lets you know it should be a sipper because it is like thirteen point three percent. Wow. Um, so get ready for us to be a stranger talking about stranger <laughs> things. 
this I think would have been a much better beer two years ago at full strength. I think this toned down. I'm missing. I'm missing some of the barley wineness. I'm missing mm-hmm. some of the barley wine or the bourbon barrel. It's mm. you know it is thinking like two year old barley wine barrel aged beer. Yes, this is where it should be. I hate the nose on this, by the way. The nose is just so acrid, it's sour. Barley wine. It's a barley yeah. wine nose. It really is. I, like when I first like brought it up to my face to take a sip, and I got that whiff of it, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be awful. And then I took a sip, and I'm like, okay, okay. So okay, yeah. Maybe next week or the week after, you pick up the quadriceratops. I'll pick up the porter, and we'll do yeah. them for the show. Uh, yeah, definitely shoot me a message to remind me. Okay. Because every conversation we have from now on is 13.3% <laughs> alcohol by volume. Because um, the, the – I, yeah. And we can, I, I mean, we can talk about it when, if, when we have it. But like the coffee porter, they have the coffee beans picked green specifically from this roaster that they picked out. Mm-hmm. Then they had green bottle coffee roasters out of New York City brew a cold brew coffee to blend with the porter before they barrel aged it. Hmm. And like they have a And vi- cold brewing uh, eliminates a lot of the acid and a lot of the bitterness. So you uh, get a smoother smoother coffee. Coffee. But flavor. like they had like I think like ten different versions of the coffee that they brewed that they then they went and tasted and picked out one oh. to then blend with the porter. Only ten? Like my ketchup had fifty seven. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> And that's ketchup. 57 versions? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> hey, guys, I just want to let you know with Heinz, uh, 57 varieties actually refers to the 57 different condiments that Heinz makes. It's uh, not just ketchup. Okay. Hey, guys. <laughs> Chris, 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 that in your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was good. I saw an opportunity to call Paul with the hey, guys, and it, it worked. Nobody else knows what we're talking about. <laughs> They Just probably didn't even realize stuff. that we said "Hey guys" so much. Uh, it's the fifth time. <laughs> I think it's more than that. Um, I felt my balls busted each and every time. <laughs> you started it out with that. No, Chris did. Uh, <laughs> it's this is really drinkable. This hasn't been re-released. This thing, I think this is something you probably only can get at the brewery if they still have it. Um, I'm going down to the definitely, this I'm, weekend. I'm definitely glad that I got this beer. It is very delicious. And it's, I think, I think younger, mm-hmm. I think you would get a little more of those characteristics I'm of the bourbon. I'm afraid of all that alcohol, though. It, it would be a balance. There's probably a very slim sweet spot for this beer. Yeah. That would make you very happy and me very happy. And I think and they, they also might not line up between the two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm going to be doing some special reporting from Southern Tier on Saturday hey. for their I... inaugural pumpkin release. Uh, even though pumpkin's been out for the past month, uh, they're doing some specialty blends. Like they're doing a coffee roasted pumpkin. They're releasing for uh, first available the rum king there. I mean, if I call off, what time do you think we'll be home? You uh, think I'll be home by six? Paul, just we'll be home before six. John I told Kate that uh, we'd be home before four. We'd so, leave before four. So if I told my wife I was going to work and I just came to your house in the morning and just <laughs> hung out with you, we're until... also going to Adwell Farms on the way back to check out what they're doing. The pick up, look at pumpkins and stuff. 
I could. I, I don't mind that. Okay. Yeah. So I can. Just, I'll, I'll just lie to my <laughs> wife and say I'm going to wear a call off. Go with you, uh-huh. and then and just be home not, by a work. work trip. Yeah, it's a work trip. You're doing this for work. Oh, I wonder if I. Could, I wonder if I could talk to my bosses about that. <laughs> you totally do that kind of stuff. Because I'm surprised you don't. This is the first time. So whether or not you should order so much rum kink, right? Ooh. And also, if they. It's a seasonal beer from a local brewery. Like, you're going down there. I wonder if I like, can get paid for this. You, should, you probably should be able to. I, 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 like, you uh, probably should. Like, to, next Tuesday, I'm going to... What about that certification, man? <laughs> you're certified. I, I'm getting sent to 12 Gates to do a tour. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I'll, do, maybe I'll pitch this to the bosses. Or just keep my mouth shut, just call off and... Well, no, no, get paid. I, I legit think you should like present this as like, hey, this is a work experience. Like, I'm gonna, I'm going to the brewery. I, you can meet with people. You can talk to them. Yeah. Like, identify yourself. I have emailed a couple times with the one person finding out what happened to Two X IPA in Kansas in our area, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten a response from my second email. Uh, oh, therefore, you're going straight to the source. You gotta go. Yeah. Find that horse. Yeah. Stick your head in that mouth. <laughs> So that works. Mm. What journalism's all about, right? Uh, I mean, the fact that we do a podcast gets us into comic book conventions for free. You literally work with beer for your job. Like you should be able to take the day and have it be like a road uh, road trip. I'm awesome. I'm honestly considering like just trying to work for a brewery after this job's over. <laughs> should we get your Cicerone yeah. certification? Uh, Oh, you, there are a lot of breweries popping up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just go work for them. I I can take a pay cut because hopefully things will work out for me. <laughs> I mean, the, the money you spend on beer, I mean, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Save it. Even even a job at Paula's Donuts looks pretty good. Cause it's, <laughs> they honestly advertise... You yeah, make, you only make this much, but all the, the donuts, donuts and you coffee want. you can eat, you can eat, and I'm like, whoa, well, there, Paula. Be rethinking that policy with me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any of my own teeth left. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this Chris Chris friend of ours <laughs> eat an Oreo donut in one gulp, <laughs> just like uh, not from not from Paula's. No, no, that was from. Timmy, yeah, Timmy Hoes. Tim yeah. mm-hmm. You can't do that with a Paula's donut. In news, Buffalo. Uh, hey, Chris, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, no, it's... Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What are you drinking, Chris? Uh, my next beer is the actual third part from the Partnerships uh, collaboration series, because I couldn't find number two, which is a team-up with Shrogues Brewing. Uh, but this is from Heavy Seas and Terrapin, and this is their Rye Wit. And this tastes just like a Belgian. It's got that kind of like saison, like sweet spiciness to it that I really like coming out of um, a lot of like Belgian style beers. And I, I'm not getting a lot of rye on it, but this is extremely pleasant. Well, I love saison, so our saison. So I, I'm excited. I, I wish you said that you were getting some rye on it because. That would make a saison or saison different. It, yeah, it, it's so just that saison kind of like herbally spice to it mm-hmm. um, that I'm not getting any kind of like that <clears throat> rye bite. 
I uh, I had mentioned a while ago to you guys about like you know would be great is a rye saison, mm-hmm. and then we were like eh, they don't make those. I found one bottle from a company that I've never had anything from before that I was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Chris, check this that. guy out. Always saying that he's ahead <laughs> of the curve with all the beer. We um, I think I'm, it's I'm on reading. one of the episodes. <laughs> I mentioned it. I'm reading the back of the bottle now, and they aged this for 16 weeks in uh, Chardonnay barrels. Ooh. Which Chardonnay is a white how, wine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, uh, buttery. it's probably that's where it's picking buttery up. Buttery pear? Spice, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. if they had just made a Saison, I, I don't think I would be able to tell the difference, honestly. But it, it's very nice, like, no slight to this beer at all. I think this bomber was definitely worth, like, the seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine, whatever it was oh, that I paid for it. That's a good price for uh, what that is. What yeah, it. and that, that's honestly what, like led me to it because both of these beers, I was like, oh, you know what? That's not a big buy-in price for a beer that, <clears throat> even if it's not great, will still just be like a nice drinkable beer. And that's that's what I got from them. Like, uh, I've gushed before on how much I like Full Sail because their <laughs> beers are like consistently good. There's nothing like stand out about them, but it's a great price point for that beer. I, I think these are prime, exa- uh, prime examples of that. It's almost like uh, on Netflix. It's a free series. You might as well watch it after three weeks of your friends saying, no, you really definitely should watch it. And then you stay up until like 2 a.m. watching the whole damn thing all at once. Only because, right, Chris? Only because another friend told you to watch it. <laughs> oh, or maybe it's because... That friend thought that you told her to watch it, and you're like, no, I haven't watched it myself yet. But no, honestly, like, John, it was after uh, you came to me about Stranger Things, and we're like, no, this is everything that you love in a TV show. And I forget what you compared it to. Did you say it was what you wanted? It wasn't Chronicle. I don't, what did you say? I like, don't. It was, I don't remember. I'm getting drunk right now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Thirteen point one percent. Thirteen point three. You compare this to something else that we had watched, where it was like that kind of like. Oh, it oh, was Super Eight. Super Eight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is everything you want Super, Super Eight, 8 to, be. to be. And I was like, okay, that that's done. It like my next day off, I am watching it, and I was not let down because. Yes, I watched two episodes that day, and then the next day I watched the remaining six after I got home from work. I watched it over the course of a whole month. It took it. I I loved each and every one of them, and I was like, no. Kate and I were like, we're, we're eight, savoring it's it. It's only eight episodes. We're only eight episodes. Let's. And me watching those six episodes in one night started off as me being like, I need to pace myself with this show because. I'm just going to binge it, and I want to savor it. And after I watched, like, the um, episodes three and four, I, I couldn't stop because I was like, oh, I've only got a couple left. I might as well finish it. I um I saw the trailer for this. Is it a trailer? There was a trailer before it came out. And it came out, um, I think it came out right before my wedding. So I didn't have time to watch it. Right. And then when we were on our honeymoon, we brought our Chromecast, and we could play from our phones to the TVs of mm-hmm. Netflix, or uh, actually it was only Netflix. We thought we would be able to do other things that we yeah. um, signed There are region locks. Yeah. So I said to my wife, I go, this is something I think we'll like. Uh, do you want to read You know, watch it. She said, let me see what it's about. She read it, and then she saw it as a 
a horror uh-huh. show. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, nope. But then we watched Grimm, and then we watched uh, we watched Grimm, and we watched Hannibal, the TV series, <laughs> on uh, over whenever we watched anything on our honeymoon. Uh, but it, when I came back from my honeymoon, mm-hmm. I had I got bronchitis. If you remember a few episodes ago, when I could that was freaking speak. bronchitis. Yeah, you're like, and you bron- brought this into this house. I didn't know it was bronchitis <laughs> till later, and then I was over it, and you didn't get sick, so it's okay. You know why? Taking my daily vitamins. Good for you. Drinking my milk. That root gets so hot that it's probably like the perfect breeding ground for bacteria. That's a petri dish. Uh, so, while I was sick, I watched, I think, one through, I think, six. I watched half of six. And that was probably over two days. Uh-huh. I watched that. Right. And then I got better, and I forgot to finish the series. So I uh, all of a sudden I was like ah I gotta finish this because that's when you started watching it Paul and we started talking about it reminded me oh I gotta watch this finished it and then was telling Chris for yeah like three weeks hey, you should watch this it's really good it's super good it's really so good. good we're gonna do a topic uh, about it we, we haven't really talked about the show yet but this is the story of a small town um, where a young boy just disappears. And don't worry, it's not like other small towns. This town doesn't actually exist. So nobody can buy a house in the town and then get have to oh, worry about totally pictures taking care. Oh, we should see if we can buy like, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the buyer's like, family trailer. Um, but a, a young kid goes uh, missing, and while the rest of the town's like, oh, this is a tragedy, this kid's dead, um, his mother and his friends are like, no Will's alive, we need to go find him because mm-hmm. they're getting a bunch of like weird signals and yeah, phone calls, weird lights turning on and all. The, the clash playing in like his bedroom, which is probably like the best way to let people know that you're still alive. <laughs> or just singing um, it through a walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the intertwining story of his mother, played by Winona Ryder, the uh, local sheriff, and then his friends, going on the search to find out just what happened to him. And then running into a very mysterious girl. <laughs> a very awesome mysterious girl. Who has superpowers. Who oh, in, I thought we were talking about Barb, sorry. <laughs> who, who, in, <laughs> who in real life, uh, Eleven, uh, Millie um, Bobby Brown, does not like Eggo Waffles at all. That's understandable. Eggo waffles are far, far, uh, far inferior to toaster strudels. They're not even the same. It's apples and oranges. They're both quick, frozen breakfast items. See, if you compare uh, toaster strudel to a Pop-Tart, I'd be okay with that comparison. I would agree with that. Okay. Even if you had compared waffles to pancakes, I would... Eggo waffles, though, to pancakes? So, like, real pancakes? No, because... Well, no, you're comparing real... Waffles to Eggo waffles. I go into the freezer. I take out item. I put item into toaster. I wait the three minutes that Don't the toaster works. Don't make the works. motion like you have a toaster because you use a toaster oven. I do use a toaster so oven. So you make toaster okay. oven motions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you turn in the dial. Turn the dial. And then I wait the three minutes, and then I eat the breakfast item. They're, they're comparable. No. So, 
Yes. Mo- mm. Mode of cooking does not make them comparable. No. The whole real, mode of operation real, is exactly the same. Real waffle versus egg anything waffle. else to egg waffle is, is awful. A toaster strudel to a pop tart, a pop tart or strudel. Those are comparisons you could make. Yes. No. Oh, yeah. I just made the comparison. I made it. It happened. You guys have to live in this world now. Well, this world is oh, shit. This is like the upside down. <laughs> the upside down. Uh. <laughs> uh. So, apparently, in this uh, this town, which we're all forgetting the name of, I don't think they ever really mention the name. They, of the town. No, they, they, they do. They name it because they show like the power plants. Mm-hmm. And which is where things go down? Because the Department of what? What is it? Uh, energy. Like, yeah, like power and electric or something. Uh, the same. It's the same initials as HP Lovecraft. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It's uh, HPL. So it's like something heating and light. No, no. It's well, the government. Uh, it, but it's the town HP HPL. So uh, like high pines or something. But anyways, it's a government agency that is experimenting with power. Um, and uh, basically, uh, Hawkins, Indiana. Hawkins, which does not exist. I I, I took the gumption and just googled Stranger Things. They've been experimenting apparently for years, as we learn, on uh, psychotropic drugs to try to expand people's minds. And one of their test uh, patients uh, had a baby. And that baby has supernatural powers. Uh, I thought they found the girl who had the powers, who was part of another program, and then they stole her from the mother. I think no. they convinced the mother that she... I think they, they turned the mother's brain into applesauce. Oh, oh, yeah, they turned the mother's brain into applesauce afterwards. Uh, but they convinced her that her daughter died yeah, they in like, childbirth. that actually, like... Mm-hmm. She didn't have a daughter, like, none yeah. of that happened. Well, she had a daughter. Unfortunately, she died during childbirth, and they just took the daughter and just kept on doing experiments. And yeah. that daughter's the 11th of these kids. And uh, they can, and she can basically uh, spy on Russians and travel the world, uh, basically, in her own mind through this yeah. different plane of existence, the Upside Down. Yeah, she's basically like telepathic and telekinetic. Because mm-hmm. they go hand in hand. Ask Jean Grey. She's basically Jean Grey. But don't ask Professor X. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, he's, guys, he's not telekinetic. And this guy that's running the place. Matthew Modine with that hair. That gray hair, man. I thought it was really weird when she calls him Papa. Because, <laughs> like, okay, you stole this girl. You're kind of raising her to be your weird test subject. Mm-hmm. Papa? I'm sorry, Papa? Are you going to well, make me do well, this again, Papa? She doesn't know. Like She just views him as a father figure. Mm-hmm. I know. I just thought it was... But that's it, all she knows. It works. It totally works. Everything about this it show... makes you feel bad for her. It makes you feel even yeah. worse for Eleven. <clears throat> and when she and says, pretty good, you're like, oh, damn, this girl. She just wants to feel normal. Mm-hmm. That's all she wants. Uh, I really enjoyed. I've been rewatching the series um, from last week when we finished mm-hmm. our episode. We said we we're going to do this. I didn't finish it, but I did like. I made my wife watch it, 
And today I watched three episodes before I came to the okay. podcast. And as I was walking out the door, she started the next episode. <laughs> and you're like, should I go back and watch it? I'm having the hardest time not to Chris Farley wait, wait, this wait. whole thing. Paul. Go ahead. You weren't like, should I stay or should I go? Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, because I just want to keep on being like, hey, when we're first introduced to some of these characters, you're like, oh, they're complete shits. They're awful. There's no way that they're, I'm ever going to like this character. Like the sheriff, Hooper. You like okay, you went, I, I liked the sheriff right from the get-go. Really, he wakes and, up and he's like completely hungover. He doesn't I, give a shit about know, his I, job I really at all. Liked him and I was afraid um, this is the sheriff uh, Hopper. Hopper, not Hooper. Yeah, uh, Hopper. They made him like I don't, I don't want to say like he's a sad sack. Yeah, he's he's a sad sack, but he's the he's the officer in charge of mm-hmm. this. And he wants to get to the bottom of the case because he doesn't believe everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And he, I was afraid they were going to go like a complete like different route with him and make me not like him, make him something of like a villain in the show. A little bit of an obstacle. Yeah, and and they didn't do that. And like right from the get go, um, I was talking to one of my other friends about the show, and I was like, he's my favorite character. Yeah, and that no. really didn't change. Dustin is. Well, out of the kids, Dustin's your favorite, well, but it takes Dustin a while yeah. for you to be his... And every ki- every character gets a really good hero moment in this that yeah. needs that hero moment. Um, but uh, yeah, The only character that I felt like was just, like, douchey and he needed to be douchey was Steve? the girl's boyfriend. Steve. Steve yeah. Oh, no, but I think was, Steve turned around. Okay, go well, ahead. They, they turn him around, but, like, I saw it happening. Like, they made him so douchey and... Like when I was watching this, I saw him as just that typical '80s movie teen villain. Like Say he what? was part of like the in crowd. He was like part of the clique, but he was like a bully. But the girl liked him. They just didn't understand him. But he was still douchey until like the second to last episode when like they start to try to redeem him. And I was like, Are they really trying to do this? Mm-hmm. He. I, I, go ahead. He. It always seemed like he had the right line to say to the girl to get her on his side. And he always did. Like, even after, like, hey, I think Barbara was stolen from your house. Like, something bad happened. I went, to, I'm going to go to the cops. Oh, don't go to the cops. They're going to bring, come down. My dad's going to know I had a beer. Like, <laughs> my parents are going to find out. And then, like, after she's like, the hell with you, Steve. Then he's like, hey, "Oh right, I should have been sorry. Self-talk. I was really bad. Hey, why don't we go to the movies and forget forget all about this for a little bit?" Like he had all the right lines. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's gonna. She's going to stay with because who he is. Just like her, she says, like her mother. My mother. I don't think my parents ever loved each other. My father was a little bit older. Had all his shit together. Mm-hmm. So she just went with him, where you can obviously see throughout the show that she's falling in love with Jonathan and uh, the uh, Will's brother. Will's brother, yeah, the kid the, that disappeared, <sighs> his older brother. See, I think the friendship develops there. I never. She gives him that camera. She gives him that expensive camera at the end. Or they they both do. I he th- doesn't give her a gift. He, I think, I think Steve is the his one that bought. Saved. I think Steve bought that camera. 
and didn't want it to come from him. No, because it's a shock when she goes to sit down with him at Christmas and they're together. I did not expect he, those because, two together at the end of the uh, show. I did. Because uh, Steve says to her, oh, did he give it to him? Because I think he bought, actually bought the camera and is like, hey, my bad. I shouldn't have been a dick. Mia Copa. Here it is. But she like, makes it out that it's a gift from her. Yeah, that is. Well, he knows Leading about up, it. That just, that just and I think he that. picked it out and maybe he helped pay for it. I don't know. Leading up to that. They keep making reference. Spoilers for the very end. This is literally the last scene that we're talking about. We are three best friends that haven't talked. We are three best friends that have not talked about this series at all, so you're just going to follow us having our own conversation about this. Strap in. You're in for it. You better watch Uh, every episode. If you have listened this far. Grab a beer, pop it open, drink it. Portion yourself another one, and then yell at your headphones or your speakers as we're talking about things. If you've gone to this point so and you sorry. haven't watched the series, so turn off or stop, watch the series, then come back and listen. Because you don't know who Barb is, and you really should. Oh, you, you should. But yeah. She is so 80s, that girl. <laughs> that, that poor mom of a woman. Like, <laughs> Could they have made her any more frumpy? No, uh, but I mean, it's... This is the thing that I really like about the show before we kind of get further into story and characters. This is so 80s based. Everything about it, like the way the characters act, the way the story's told, the music, the settings, the like the cars driving around in the mm-hmm. background, the the title itself, like the, yeah, the title like sequence photography that they use for it. It's and also, also the uh, little bit of uh, like graininess that they pop in too. Like, like it well, looks like it's worn, like tape. If, if the sound quality and the picture quality wasn't as crisp as it is, I would believe that this is something from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It does so well at just looking back at and being like, man, weren't the 80s awesome for, like, fantasy horror stuff? Let's do that again. It pays homage to and nostalgicizes it so well without becoming derivative mm-hmm. that I think that's awesome that it's able to do that because that's a very thin line to walk um and then the the ross brother or the duffer duffer the duffer brothers who made the this UFF movie here. they're uh twin brothers it's mike and ross i believe um they wanted to make the wanted to direct the remake of it oh and okay. didn't get it so then they're like well we'll make our own version of it and that's kind of like they tied in so much Stephen King from the 80s, so much mm-hmm. the mu- uh, the music makes this. Everything they do... Synthy mm-hmm. or... Yeah. It's the, the uh, and Tangerine Dream like- synth, everything with the other 80s music. The Clash we've mentioned a couple times with uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go Now? They made this so well. And well, like even... Because I was talking about how I had watched the first two episodes with Janet... Um, you know her from her couple appearances over here at Bag Board. Or your also co-host. Also my co-host over at Parks and Rec. Uh, she was, like, talking about how much her boyfriend loved it, and it's because of the synthesizer. <laughs> he was just, like, a nut for how, like, on point the synthesizer game is in this show. Hmm. And this show is all about, because I don't think we actually got to the whole crux of it, is uh, these three young middle schoolers. Uh, probably what 13 14 12 yeah, I'd, 12 I'd, I'd say like 11 to 13 range so preteen 
uh, tween age. Uh, one of their friends end up going missing after a rousing night of D&D uh, where they faced a demigorgon. <clears throat> and uh, and they, they don't know what happened to him, and they go on this adventure to try to figure it out, and they run into a girl, well, 11. Eleven, who has some special powers. Well, everyone else is Winona Ryder's having her own storyline with her missing son, um, where you know the sheriff Hooper is doing his own thing, his own investigation into this missing kid. And then the child uh, Eleven, who breaks out at the same time from this government uh, plant. Uh, Research center where all this trouble is stemming from, but then you also have the storyline of Jonathan, Will's older brother, and Nancy, one of the adolescent boys' older sister, are also all trying to solve the same thing together. And what's fun is when they all meet up oh, yeah, towards yeah. the end in these groups to to do this. Caden and I had a conversation, like probably at episode six. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all these storylines have to converge by the end. And it might have been episode five that we had this conversation. I'm like, I think it's because I thought it was going to be Steve and Nancy that we're going to team up to like try to trap the Demogorgon. Like Nancy would have went back to Steve before the, they had that fight. And it was going to be them teaming up with the... Like, Which fight? The, the, <laughs> the big fight that broke them up. That seemed like it broke it up. All right, the one that the when one they were that, like Nancy's a slut. <laughs> well, the other friend wrote that he didn't want to say that, but he was very upset that she had Jonathan in her bedroom. Um, so I thought it was going to be watch those two. Show, watch the show, yeah, you have to. This show, the way it works, like you, think, all the characters do come together but, at the very end, but and, like during an episode, way. so much is fit in there. But you think all of a sudden, the way the show is playing out, and if you play it, if you hit like play next episode, mm-hmm. you think okay, the show's ending. But then it doesn't. It doesn't end. It keeps going. It keeps going. And then finally, it gets to a point where it's not like just a cliffhanger ending. And then the next episode comes up. Like, watch this. Well, the credits roll, and you click that button. The show starts again, yeah. and it picks up right where it left off. And they again, again, it feels like the ending's about to happen. And then all of a sudden, Stranger Things pops up on your screen, and you're like, "Oh shit! This is the beginning of the episode." <laughs> yeah, I, I do have to say that I watched it on my Samsung TV, where it pops you out each and every end of episode. It doesn't roll directly into the next one. So as soon as you're at the end of the episode, it pops you back to the main menu. Oh, see on my PlayStation, yeah. on, on my PlayStation and Xbox, and even on like. Just the app itself. It pops. It pops. It pops up to either. It, yeah, you it can does skip it, forward to it, the next episode. It does or, a countdown to mm-hmm. when the next episode is going to start, or you can click to start it, mm-hmm. and then it pops up also next to it like what to what what you're liking this. What else you might mm-hmm. like? Okay. And my wife pointed out like outer limits, and I was like, yeah, no, like outer limits totally. There fits was a remake in. during the '90s, the Outer Limits. Yeah, but also like. Everything that happens in this story is something that could po- it could definitely be an Outer Limits yeah. uh, episode. I don't know if we explained the show completely well, but it's so good. Don't worry about it. Seriously, you should be listening to this 
after you've having, watched having it. watched yeah. the series. Yeah. yeah, this isn't the show you listen to to determine whether or not you should do it to be like, oh, is, is this something I should watch? This should be what you listen to after you've watched it to like be like, fuck yeah, I totally love that part too. And it, mm-hmm. again, it's three friends who haven't who, we've we've kept from Come. talking about it. Hooper, for this moment, Hooper. When he makes that turn, when you're like, no, this guy's a badass. When he goes uh, into the uh, plant, and uh, he's like, how about he when he's... <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, yeah, when he goes in, like, that's awesome. But I liked him even more after, like, he got drugged and dragged out of there. And they, like, made him think that he had a bender. But he was like, no. And he starts tearing through his, like, trailer to try to find any sort of listening like, device that they've yeah. bugged him. Mm-hmm. Just to, like, yet yeah, justify it. Like, yep, and then he's vindicated, and then he continues on with this quest. Like, he knows he's in the right. He's he's also a character that, like, from the beginning, like, I think he's a schlub in the very oh, beginning, man. What, what I loved is, like, when he I comes... I thought he was going to be a when he comes, guy. He comes into, okay. like, he comes into the station, mm-hmm. and the, the secretary mm-hmm. starts talking to him, and he's like, Babs, what did I tell you? The morning is for coffee and relaxation. <laughs> coffee and relaxation. And then he walks into the mom uh-huh. of the missing child. But he had great moments. Like you like you said, like kid's not gonna leave his bike. It's like a Cadillac yeah. to them. Like he's mm-hmm. had these moments. He knows because he's a big city cop that had something horrible happen and he and, like retreated. He retreated on He went life. back to his hometown to be yeah. the sheriff. He retreated, he gave up on everything. Hints, like from the beginning, like mm-hmm. you don't just read him as like some podunk county sheriff from the get go. Like they kind of just I don't, I don't want to say they hint at, but he mentions things in passing that you know he's had some shit happen to him. Oh, and by and the end, like, those flashbacks. He's trying sequences. not to like personalize this. Like he's trying to not become too ingrained in someone losing their child. In his two deputies. Officer Powell, those and were the Callahan. two yeah, the Those guys are. The, but like, yeah, he has all these moments where, yeah, mm-hmm. kid's not going to leave his bike. It's like a Cadillac. Or before he breaks into the power plant, mm-hmm. he sits down with that guy who found the child's body, and he buys him a drink, and he gives oh, yeah, him a yeah, story, yeah. and then he's beating the shit out of him. He beats the shit, and like when and you're he's, like when he's holding wow. him up, you can uh-huh. see like his knuckles are all red and bloody. And he's like, "Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth." And the guy, then the guy's like, "You just killed us both." <laughs> you know, like those are the moments. And when he, yeah, he goes off that edge. And then when they said they found, they mm-hmm. found uh, Barb's Will's Will's oh Barb's, Barb's car. car. And then he makes the uh, not Buckleberry Ferry, but mm-hmm. the uh, um, uh, what Murdoch? Not Murdoch. Uh, uh, yeah, Merkwood. Merkwood. He makes like all of a sudden he throws that Merk Merkwood. What? Never mind, boys. I'll take care of it. Like that's when <laughs> it's you know, parked right next to Markwood. <laughs> that's when you know this guy's like he's on. He's oh, on to something. He's a great character, and everything with that character through all the way to the very mm-hmm. end, making the deal with those guys. Yeah, he, because everything. he's chromatic. He's like he's trying to. He lost his daughter, and you know this was a debate that Kate and I had whether or not like his daughter was. Like somehow in the un- under upside down, and I'm like, no, he, yeah. no, she just yeah. died naturally. This is the way, this is the way he can. He couldn't save her, 
but there it will be a way for him to save Will. And if he can make that, if, no matter what deal he's offered, he's going to make that deal because but, of that. I want a sidebar here because I know I said... This whole episode's the, a sidebar. Go yeah. ahead, ahead. Pretty much. I know I said that the sheriff was my favorite character. Dustin! But that was... That was until we got to know their teacher a little bit more, <laughs> uh, Mr. Clark, because this is their teacher that's, like, head of the audiovisual club. Like, he, he brings a ham radio into his office that the kids can use. And whenever they call him up about, like, hey, tell us about Parallel not Dimension. O- Wait a second, like, though, Chris. Boys. Not, not only did he just, like, bring it in, he saved up money. And, like, had to go to the Board of Education and, like, scrounge together funds to bring this in because he knew he had kids that were interested. Yeah. And my, they... My favorite thing, what sold him to me, was he's got, like... A hot this, Asian broad? He's got this, like, girl over it. Like, they're watching movies, and one of his students calls him up, and he just completely forgets about it. He's like, well, let me talk to you about this, kids. No, 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 no. He tries to get him off the phone. He tries twice to get him off the phone. And then Dustin has one of his hero moments and says, why you tell us to open up any kind of curiosity door? Why are you keeping this curiosity door shut? Because he's like, I will gladly talk to you Monday about this or possibly even tomorrow. No, I'm... And he, like, has that moment where he kind of looks back to the living room and he's like... Fine. This is so what, what you need what to you make need. a... <laughs> he, he puts it on hold easier than anyone else would have. For the first time I saw this guy, though, I'm like, is this John Mulaney with a really bad mustache? <laughs> like a mustache. Like, is this John Mulaney with a mustache? You know, it's not. No. But he is he's pretty good. He's, he's fantastic. Um, we haven't really talked about the kids too much, um, which I, I think it's definitely worth noting because it's like a third of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group of Will's friends that Mike, Dustin, uh, Lucas, Lucas, and can I, Eleven. Can I just say that uh, Mike, Michael Wheeler, mm-hmm. his real name is Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> it's like it's, it's such a badass name. That's an <laughs> awesome name. Uh, I I know I'm probably in the like strong minority here, but. Uh, Lucas was my favorite of the kids in the group because he's such a realist, and he's right. like, "No, this is dumb." Like, she's you guys. I'm going to do this my own way. He's the one that dubs Eleven as weirdo. Like yeah. from the get go, he's like, "No, she's weird. You got to get distance yourself from her. Like, let's get. Like, she's not going to help us find Will. Like, but, she's but while a distraction." The, rest of the kids are like sitting on their own doing their thing he's got his like camouflage bandana on he's, <laughs> he's gonna, like he's going to go track this himself like but he's, the, the, he's so cool the person who's like straight in between both mike and lucas is dustin because dustin i think does have most of the hero moments yeah he also has that moment of saying like both of you guys are idiots mm-hmm. like we should he calls his friends out on his shit which we, i think I need the most of <laughs> We shake hands. This isn't how we act. Like, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. And he's the most open to every idea. But he's also, he's smarter than both Mike and Lucas. He's oh, the yeah. one that remembers everything. Like, no, we should do this. Don't you remember back in the campaign? We split the group. And you know what happened? We all died. But, Don't split the group. But again, too, yeah. Lucas is the one that says, shoot the fireball. Mm-hmm. Dustin is the one that says, 
put up a shield yeah. of protection. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the two of them differ, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where they collide. Mm-hmm. And, and then like st- cut, caught in the middle. This is one of the maybe like Chris things about this show. I don't know if anyone else picked this up, but when I was like kind of acquainting this like the '80s things that I love, the kid that plays Mike looks so much like Shelley Duvall in The Shining that I was like, "Is this like a secret reference? Am I picking up on this? Am I the only one?" Wow, just because of the buck teeth. It's like the it's like the eyes and like the cheeks too. Like it's there. Wow, that is a Chris thing. It is a Chris thing, but there's something there. You made me. Well, you made me almost blow beer out my nose. By the way, I was thinking that you were going to go with when Lucas was putting on the camo uh, bandana, like Gizmo from uh, oh, from Gremlins. It's it's frog. Like, it's Frog Brothers getting ready to kill vampires. Yeah. It's any eighties thing. It's Rambo. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that as very Lost Boys, but I'm seriously. I'm. I just typed in Mike Wheeler, and I'm looking at it. And I'm like. Yeah, God damn it! If that isn't like a younger male Shelley Duvall, <laughs> uh, in his his older sister Nancy, uh, named Nancy for Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, she sets up traps to catch Freddy. She sets up traps to catch the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. which like, is also some badass moments, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah, I think they get some really good hero moments there. And yeah, then for, one like that was actually like a really cool. Short that I, I think I enjoyed a lot more than I figured I would have. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it was the moment when those start when that all stuff started, and it was a slow mm-hmm. build between Nancy and Jonathan doing all of that. Mm-hmm. That it was like those moments that slowed down the story of Hooper of the kids, and you're like, all right, come on already. All no, right. I was excited for every because I'm like. These worlds when, are going to collide, and when they do, see, it's I didn't going even to blow see. Up. I didn't even see all it of that train stuff coming together. It was train, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna, like, everything's gonna happen, and it's gonna be great. See, it was, I, I, I saw that as more just like them trying to tell the other side of like the family story because so much of um, Winona Ryder. I'm mm-hmm. blanking out on oh. her character's name, but she uh, was Joyce. Uh, Will, Joyce, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, she was Will's mother, and <clears throat> I, I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent and have your child go mm-hmm. missing. And, and she sold it. She, she sold it so well, and so many times, like, you have to just keep that hope up that, like, no, my, my child's out there. They're alive. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're trying to get home. And you have her being... You have her being, like, sold on the fact because mm-hmm. he is reaching out to her. But then there's that just like cynical Chris in the back of my mind being like, is she imagining this? Like, is this stuff actually happening? Is she... Yeah, when Jonathan calls her out in the middle of the street on it, like, no, I gotta, we gotta plan this funeral. We gotta plan a funeral. Like, I'm not gonna let him sit, I'm not gonna let Will's body sit in that cold freezer another day. And, yeah, but the other thing is, too, is she says he's got a birthmark yeah. on his arm. Let me see that. And then the camera pans away. And they were cut to another scene. So yeah. we're not so left. You, you don't know. So mm-hmm. what does she know that we don't know? What mm-hmm. hasn't sold her? And you don't get sold on that until Cooper like Freaking cuts in and pulls out the foam. And you're like, well, oh my god. He, so awesome. he, pulls out, he pulls out that body and he, ha- he walks away from it because he can't. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it, his moment where he's just, it's you know, I can't be near this body. Then he comes back, and he touches it. And when he mm-hmm. touches it, like, he looks at his hand, and he's just like, there is something not mm-hmm. right with this body. And that's when he takes his time to go, okay, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. but then does it. Like, I don't think it's show... him not say, saying to himself, I can't be near this body. He's like, he starts questioning his own sanity. He's like, no, no, this looks like a dead person's body. This looks like Will, a kid, spotty. Like, I must be crazy. Why am I doing this? And then he touches it, and he's like, nope. I'm right to be questioning See, this all. See, I saw it. Is he knife? He pulls back that curtain, and he sees a dead child, and he sees his daughter. And okay. he has to have this yeah. moment where he, he takes a couple steps away, and he mm-hmm. has this moment of, it's not her. I know something's okay. wrong. I need to look at this body. I need to be the. I need to be a police I, I, officer. Okay. I thought he was questioning his own sanity. He, but he, no, no, no. That no. was good. No, I. That I, was. I, 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 I like how it's like. I read that more as him being like, "There's another dead kid in mm-hmm. front of me." As yeah. soon as he like before all of this ha- before all of Hooper's story really happens when mm-hmm. he's just in investigating this and he walks out from the power and light after they show the him... Department of Energy. The Department of Energy. After they show him the tape, mm-hmm. and he goes, that was supposed to be Tuesday night. It, Remember it was it, raining? Cats and dogs it, it out poured. there? That video didn't have any rain right. on it. Something's up with this. Mm-hmm. Like That's what starts that bug in him mm-hmm. thinking there's something up. Yeah. And yeah, so like to me, like what you said, Paul, with seeing the body and stuff, I think he already knows something is up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, see, I thought he that, that the fake was convincing enough that he's like, "What am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm a cop. I, I'm falling. I've been trying to convince Joyce this whole time. You know, like maybe I, at first. I mean, I have to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. it, but maybe he just couldn't believe that he was taking it to that level. Mm-hmm. But it, as soon as like he touches that body. You don't just like pull yeah, out once a knife he, and dig into a kid. Oh yeah, once he once he touched that body, you're like, oh, he knows something's up. Yeah, and I'm and I love that visual of just pulling out that foam stuffing, yeah, of that like just pillow, that cheap and they make, pillow. They from make Target. that they make that skin just look so rubbery. Mm-hmm. Like it it, it, it is such a it's one of the most well made shows mm-hmm. I've seen in years. Like yeah, I don't have. I, I don't have yeah. like one little thing to super nitpick at all. It's so well, so well made. And even like rewatching it, I've rewatched almost probably more than half of it mm-hmm. before coming here to to um, review it. To review it, and not only so, do I want to go back and finish finish those episodes I didn't re- I didn't finish watching, but I was hooked again. Mm-hmm. Like I was upset when my wife was like. Ah, it's a little too heavy. Can we just watch an episode of Chopped? And I've go looked to bed? up the run times for each episode and plotted it out, and I'm like, <laughs> one of these days in October for Halloween, we're just marathoning each and every episode because it's less than eight hours. And I'm like, that's that's doable. That's a Saturday. That's, that's a Saturday. That is a Saturday. It's we, we, it is. Describe your first perfect Saturday. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it's like, well, we could watch this show, or we could watch all of the, all of the Lord of the Rings. What I, would you rather do? Kate and I have done, well, 
Kim and I, uh, honestly, for this show and the reason we took our time with it. The podcast? No, the the Stranger Things. <laughs> okay. I didn't know what show you were talking about. Kim and about. I were Stranger Things. We would like, oh, I really want to watch Stranger Things. And then we would look at the other person and we and it would be like 830 and we're like, yeah, I need to be absolutely focused on Stranger Things when we would go to watch it. And both of us had to be in that mind frame. Versus, like, everything else that we've ever watched where we'll eat dinner and, like, have something on. Like, we will not eat. We will just watch Stranger Things. There is nothing else but Stranger Things going on right now. Yeah. Uh, Dog's been taken out. Dishes are in the dishwasher. Everything's taken care of. It is go time. Nancy, shoot that mother. (laughs) Fireball his ass. Uh, I, I enjoyed every second of this show, and this is... I'm such a <laughs> passive watcher on Netflix now because I consistently use it to re-watch things that I've seen multiple times before. Hey, welcome so to the I, club. I'm just barely paying attention to it, and I knew right from the beginning this is something that just needed all of that attention. And the show lets you know from the like the very start like mm-hmm. you're not watching your nor yeah any show that you could be on your phone or playing a game mm-hmm. on your phone while watching it you need to be focused and my wife was always multitasking while we were watching this so when things i knew were coming up i'd be like <clears throat> and you'd I'd watch her, i'd watch her look up and she'd mm-hmm. follow it and there was moments like in the first episode where she had held my hand because she doesn't do good with scary movies. I hate scary movies, but this wasn't that bad. Um, it's not like a horror she, movie. This isn't as like scary, scary. Mm-hmm. It's suspenseful. She'd she'd hold my hand, and then you'd feel like the grip loosening, uh, mm-hmm. and she'd let go. But you know, she was she's got other things going on. She's starting up a side business and all this other bullshit. But you know, she was focusing mm-hmm. on you know this, and I'd be like. You see what's happening? She's like, I saw the foam. I, I saw that he was stuffed. I'm paying attention, John. Like, <laughs> back off a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. just making sure you're keeping up on what's going on here. Oh, uh, Kate and I, we were glued, and we would, like, before we would start another episode, we would discuss exactly what happened in the previous episode, and we would talk about exactly what was happening in this, what we thought might happen in this episode. That's what you missed with Lost. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what exactly what John and I had after Lost. Okay. <laughs> every week. Every week. Every week for seven years. That's what Chris and I had. But you know what was great about this? <laughs> Do it on our own schedule. Uh, Eat dinner. If, if, they had, if they had only done the one season of this, I would think this is the perfect TV show. I don't want to talk about the ending or like how things wind up. We talked but- about it all! <laughs> We talked. We talked about a lot. We only we didn't talk away. about a cough. We haven't given away everything. Um, if it had just ended with season one, I'd be like, "Man, that was a great show! Like one of my all-time favorites." Like two weeks ago, Netflix did announce they are doing season two. They released mm-hmm. a teaser trailer with just the title, and then it gives the uh, titles of the nine episodes that they are doing with season two. Yeah, one more episode than we got last time. They got an extra yeah. one. I'm, I'm really excited for season two just to see where they go with it. Because if they had just ended it, I'd be like, boom, perfect. Wow. Because like, it, it does so well with answering all the questions that it poses. But it leaves you with the right amount of mystery that you want to know more. Yeah, but there's no way that that series was ending without that trade being made. Right? Like, Caden, 
I kept on having that argument with Kate, like, maybe even starting with episode five. I'm like, no, Hoop, or Hopper, he's he's going to make a trade. He's going to come to the realization of, one, as soon as he knew that uh, Will and Eleven were two different people, because he was looking for a shaved head person that might have been Will Barnes. Like he was, and once he made that realization that that was somebody else, I'm like, he's trading. He's going to make that trade. He's going to save Will by making that trade. I'm like, because that girl means nothing to him. Making mm-hmm. bringing that kid home, yeah, means everything. everything. So I'm like, in case like, no, 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 he's not even involved yet. With, I'm like, yeah, but that's how it's going to end. It's there's only two, three more episodes left. Like, that's how it's going to end. And I'm like, I need another season because I don't want it to end with her being left. And I'm so glad at the end that Hoop is, like, leaving Ego Waffles. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm happy it's happening. Uh, my thing is, is like, this mo- this show takes place in 1983. Mm-hmm. With the trial, like, the... Te- Here I was born! The teaser trailer for the second season was, like... It all comes back the fall mm-hmm. of 1984. I kind of wow. that is six months after, or nine months after yeah. where we left because yeah. it is Christmas. We leave off right at Christmas. Yeah, Christmas but Eve. All the events, yeah. all the events that really happened with the show. Halloween. It's a year. It's a mm-hmm. year later. Right. I like to me like I want a second season, mm-hmm. but to me like five years in the future. Like, to me, like, 1988, like, that would be, like, the perfect spot. Yeah, I want those little... same actors, though. <laughs> and what? I'm not going to wait five years for them to hit, like, puberty and go through that shit. Like, no. Give me no, another I, season I now. I think, like, one year is the perfect, yeah. like, cut for, like, okay, and we're going to jump. <laughs> because you're far enough removed from what happened before, but it's still accessible. And those kids are all going to age a year, and everybody's going to look a little different. Yeah. Toothless, toothless might have some teeth. They're all on that awkward face. <laughs> they're all on that awkward well, face. Well, the kid who played Toothless, Dustin, they oh, so couldn't cool. have him go back to do any AR uh-huh. because Wait, his, AR? his voice changed. Go back and like redub stuff or oh. go back and shoot stuff because his voice changed so oh, much. Oh, redubbing? Yeah, so much for uh, mm-hmm. during the shoot. Oh, really? It's pretty good. And we haven't really talked about his voice too much. Uh, but the girl that plays her, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. does so well, just like with being like so detached and naive, like to everything else that's happening. Like th- it, that's impressive because usually kid actors are terrible. It broke I my think, heart. Like, all these kids are so great. Oh, it broke my heart when she said, "I look pretty good." Oh, when she has the wig on. Yeah, and she, and you know, in that moment, all she wanted. All she wants is to be normal. And it's like well, she even, the last thing she'll ever be able to be. Before they even dress her up, she goes into Will's older sister's oh, yeah, room yeah. and she's looking around mm-hmm. and it's pink and it's girly and it's probably all those things that she's always kind of wanted or leaned toward. Or, well, during the 1980s. Totally, during that early 1980s is when they split up the toy section also. Like, but, yeah, but, but you could see that these are all things that she wanted and when like... Mm-hmm. Will puts makeup on her and they put her the thing mm-hmm. and she becomes like a a girl because in the beginning like they, she gets mistaken for a, mistaken for oh, yeah. a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she does. She does do a great job. And one of the little things that I thought was great is 
they wanted her for this part. She nailed it. And they said, you know, you got to shave her head. And she was really apprehensive about shaving her head. The actress. The actress. And then they took her and they showed her um, uh, Mad Max, mm-hmm. um, Fury Road with what's-her-face with the shaved head. Mm-hmm. And we're like, see how she's still feminine. She's still powerful. She's, she's this great badass. character. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, okay, I'll do it. Huh. But it took uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Char- it took Charlize Theron to to convince her to shave her head. Who is a pretty badass woman and beautiful? Yeah, yeah. Charlize wow. Theron pretty much convinced me of anything. So. <laughs> I started I that. started buying that uh, perfume that she was selling, and I didn't even wear it. <laughs> I hope uh, not. It's does perfume I, I, matter? I love <laughs> does it matter? Show. I love how it just kind of like took me back to everything that I loved, like you. Like you said, like everything with um, Mikey and Eleven, like it's so ET where he's like, "No, this is Yoda. Like he's a toy. Like we're gonna play with him. This is my dinosaur." Rawr. Oh, when Dustin's trying to make her levitate the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and, and then like you know, the next scene is her alone, like level levitating that shit, yeah, and the, she is. And the it's next like, episode, she's floating it. Uh huh. Like, like there, there were so many like just references to and like callbacks to the eighty stuff that I love, like <laughs> when Hopper is like infiltrating the base. And there's, like, the moment. security guard reading the book, and he's like, oh, is that that one? Like, man, I love that dog. I'm like, he's talking about Kucho. That's a bearded <laughs> Stephen King on the back cover. Awesome. Yeah, I just love, like, he's like, no, the boss sent me here. What? No, he didn't. I don't work for like, that guy. Oh, it's so-and-so. I, I can't think of it. I'm just going to He just punches him. It's like, at that point, I'm like, I'm all in on Hooper. Yeah. I'm all in. That was the moment. When Dustin oh. called out Mikey for... You know, all the bullshit that he's been doing. Like, he doesn't realize that, you know, Lucas is his best friend. Dustin's my favorite character. Uh, and oh, when Lucas when, is when like. When they were all, like, hiding out on that bus in that junkyard, mm-hmm. and, like, the power authority, whatever you want to call them. The Department uh, of like, Energy. They, 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 they pull up in their car. I was like, my heart was in my throat. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's so well done. Good on you, Netflix. Yeah, such a good they didn't. Series. They didn't spare any expense. They made the exact show that these guys wanted to make, and it kind of makes me want to go back. I want to see their shorts, and they made like they've written a lot of uh, movies and some, written for a lot for TV well, shows. They did the one movie, which I read the Wikipedia about. <laughs> I didn't know they did a movie. And so they, they had of a going movie. to see the movie. No, I'm never going to watch the movie. But uh, they, I, I forget it's what it's called. The Hidden, I believe. The Hidden, yeah. And uh, it's all about a. Oh, post- they wrote episodes of Wayward Pines, which I want to watch. Hmm. It's Wayward Pines. Uh, kind of like Wayward a- Pines is uh, the show that like M Night Shyamalan kind of. I don't know if he like executive produced. All oh, right. But. but it was trying to be the new Lone Peaks. Or was, Twin Peaks. It was kind of being like trying to be like Pink Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then wait, he, wait. I live in the alternate Bearstein Bears universe, so it's uh, Lone Peaks, uh, and uh, unlike Twin Pine Malls. And then the other director, he directed two episodes. This is like the super bizarre thing. Like the guy that directed two episodes of this show also directed. Hold on, uh, holding on. He directed Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, oh. uh, the internship with. Uh, yep. Uh, 
Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Real Steel with Wolverine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. I like Fey. Date Night. I still haven't seen that, but I want It's to. pretty good. Actually, he's done all three of the Night in the Museum movies. The oh. Pink Panther. I like the first one, though it falls apart. The Night of the uh, Museum. Cheaper by the Dozen, Just Married, Big Fat Liar. So he's, he's done a couple Steve Martin movies. On my honeymoon, I watched both uh, Cheaper by the Dozen movies. And also Harry Potter and the uh, Goblet of Fire. And also the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> On your honeymoon? Mm-hmm. We had a staycation honeymoon. Oh. We didn't travel Europe like some people. <laughs> we were in our early 20s. I watched, we had no money. I watched Road to Perdition. Uh, we didn't watch Stranger Things like some of us. Oh, I didn't watch Stranger watch Things. That. Tom Hanks is in it. <laughs> I, wrote, I, I watched uh, Road to Perdition in two days in Antwerp, Belgium. <laughs> Also did a ha- hacky sack with uh, with Anne and Frank. I totally found that hacky sack. Uh, it's a lie. I didn't want to pay the money or wait the time to go into the Anne Frank house. You have to pay money for that? Yeah. Where does that money oh, I go figured, to? Like they would have had enough from all those book sales. It's like a huge like it's like a glass museum on the bottom. Like it doesn't even look like a house. It's just mm. like it looks like an actual like just recently made building the way they have it. Uh it, it wasn't like I've heard from other people who had been there, and they're like, mm, "It's not worth the wait. It's not worth the money." Mm. But I couldn't find it's a freaking stoner city that I'm walking around <laughs> in. I'm looking everywhere to buy a hacky sack to take a picture and send to Chris. <laughs> Thank you for that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Worth that. You know what? You should have done. If nobody knows what we're talking about, it's a Bob, uh, Mr. Show with Bob and Dave reference. Should have just spent nine ninety nine. And just rent it, have Netflix for a month, and watch Stranger Things in the course of two days, and then cancel I'm Netflix. I'm so thankful for it whatever is... people are watching on Netflix that drives their like science and algorithms that were like, no, let's let's invest in this show because mm-hmm. something had to sell Netflix on this being like feasible. Well, I think one of the things too is they're constantly they are making great choices on the shows that they mm-hmm. do. Um, well, they're they're making great choices, but they're basing that on something. Like they don't just have like someone there like doing something. I, like someone is watching what you're watching and then being like, "Hmm, yes, John has watched this. <laughs> Very interesting. Like it's it's a conspiracy. It's all taking place in Hawkins, Indiana. I bet that's that's where it well, is." Well. Netflix will never show you their complete list of available shows or movies. They refuse to do that because they never want you to feel like you reach the end of Netflix. Like, that's why every time you load up the app, it's like a different, like, romantic paranormal investigation movies. Like, the weird (laughs) genres that they come up with, where they show you, like, 12 movies of. Because they never Uh, want you to feel like you hit the end. one of those movies. (laughs) Like, they'll give you what they're adding and what they're subtracting. But they will never give you the complete listing. No, which I would love to have, so I could watch better movies. Netflix Europe is amazing. The choices they have, I'm like, holy shit! Look at all these great movies. And I thought they just updated their thing. I got back to the U.S. I was like, where are all these movies? I added to my queue. Yeah, not available. They aren't region locked. What you need to do is get a, uh, a VPN. Yeah. For- Virtual private network. Yeah, I know. And then log in as if you were in Europe and then watch those movies. I would because there's a lot of great movies on there. 
no, I think I think like, one of the things they do is they are taking the time to make shows that they think people actually would mm-hmm. watch, and they're not dumbing them down at all. Uh, you know, the Marvel shows that aside, like Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, um, so good, House of Cards, House of Cards, the documentary um, Making of a Serial Killer, mm-hmm. like just all those shows that they do, Narco. Uh, is on its third season. Marco, and then, uh, n- what is it, uh, Narc? Luther? What's the Narcotus? Narcos? It's a Narc, yeah. yeah. yeah he, it's coming back for its the second. Third season. But that's its third? It's its third season. I was thinking you were talking about Marco Polo. No. I, I saw it, I want to watch that, but I have this in front of me, um, and this is according to Wikipedia, but uh, Stranger Things is the third most watched season of Netflix original content, Behind the first season of Fuller House and season four of Orange is the New Black. And Orange is the New Black. How did we forget Orange is the New Black? He yeah. loves that one. I, How did we forget Fuller House? I love that one. <laughs> I like Girl Mates World better than Fuller House. Was it on Netflix? It's on Netflix, but it's not a Netflix owned. Then I don't care. It's on Netflix. I'm staring right in your eyes. It's on Netflix. <laughs> you can watch it. You don't need to. If you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, then why did you listen to us? You, we spoiled everything. But hopefully you did. And Will comes back. He's fine. To it. Um, and if you have, let us know what your thoughts were. Because the show is great. And anytime anyone starts talking about it now, I'm just so pumped to get in that conversation. And that's not something that happens very often. Even with stuff that I love, like... Everyone at work knows that I'm a huge comic book nerd and I love the comic mm-hmm. book movies. So, like... It's like, oh, did you see Civil War? Yeah, it was cool. I liked mm-hmm. this. And it's like, yeah, that was cool. I like this. And, like, that's the conversation. But, man, when you talk about Stranger Things with someone else that's watched Stranger Things... You always start off the conversation with, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, do you think Eleven is actually Mar- the villain who created the Demogorgon? Yeah, she's... They're linked. Yeah. They're definitely linked. But you think it's part of her? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why she says at the very end, no more. And that's why they disappear together. Mm. She created not only the gateway to the Upside Down, she also created the Demogorgon. Barb didn't do that. Barb was just in the <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. Did you guys watch that thing I shared about with Barb? Yeah, it was no, great. I, you know why? Because it's Jimmy Fallon. I didn't see that until you... Um, we're talking about something else that was posted in our friends thread um, that I saw. Oh, it was the Kurt Russell picture. <laughs> well, you need to watch that because it was hilarious. Is that Jimmy Fallon in it? It is yes. Jimmy Fallon. I'll get around to All right, it. But it's Jimmy Fallon playing Steve <laughs> as a complete douche. <laughs> With the actual kids from oh yeah the show. Oh. Uh, which, by the way, now pictures of the guy that played Steve and the actor that played John Ralphio on Parks and Rec, <laughs> like they're like they're like hanging out together because people think it's hilarious, and I agree because it's like well, you showed us Ralph Ma- or uh, what's the guy John Ralphio John Ralphio's secret son. I was going to call him Ralph Macchio. He's not the Karate Kid. Yeah. All right, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> what? So that's how the show ends. It's on Christmas. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking. 
You said that's how the show ends. I thought you were talking about bags and boards. <laughs> oh, no. Stranger Things. Uh, it's a great show. Please tell us exactly what you think about it on our Facebook page uh, under the show notes. Uh, spoiler warnings are full engaged. All right? Like, we're sorry. We should have probably engaged those a lot sooner than we did. Uh, if, but, if you listen to oh, us, so you know, fun. spoilers are always in effect. Yep. If you don't, I'm sorry, but... Anytime you Stranger listen, Things has been out for like two months now. Anytime you listen to a podcast where they're talking about something, it's a spoiler. How can it not be? How can you do a thing about a subject and not be a spoiler? We've done, we've done seven years of spoilers. Seven years of spoilers. Remember our movie fix? <laughs> that was even worse because those movies were fresh. <laughs> fresh or spoiled? 